0: So what is our vision? The, the things we've been taking a look at is connect, grow, serve, and go. All four of those things on the next slide, all four of those things are on the cover of your bulletin. These last number of weeks, you can take a look at that. And so we spent a couple of weeks already looking at those first portions. Under connect, connect. We've talked about engaging our community and utilizing our facilities, worshiping God and fellowshipping. The goal is we're connecting with those who don't know the Lord. We're connecting with God. We're connecting one with another in fellowship. So we talked about that concept of connect. Undergrow last time together. But Certainly we said there's a lot of different ways that we can grow, but we emphasize a handful. We talked about studying faithfully reading God's word, studying God's word on a personal level as well as on a group or a church-wide level. So there's opportunities as we've mentioned for you individually and opportunities here at the church. We talked about praying regularly, that we would commit to personal prayer time with God every single day as well as connecting with some of the opportunities of our church. We looked at fasting Intentionally, not accidentally, as in oops, I forgot to eat, so I guess I fasted, but intentionally going without food or other items to instead focus on God, pray and worship and honor and seek Him, fasting intentionally. And then, as well, we talked about seeking the Spirit intensely, knowing and believing that. Seeking the Holy Spirit and receiving uh, the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, living and walking in the Spirit's power, will be critical for you and I individually and as a church to reach what God has for us. So we've looked at connect. We've looked at grow. This morning we take a look at the very next one, which is entitled Serve. Now, in one particular Peanuts cartoon... Charlie Brown is talking to Lucy, and you know they have some back and forth in the cartoon strips. And Charlie Brown says, Lucy, look at my hands. Think of the potential in these hands. Someday these hands may heal the sick. Someday these hands may build mighty bridges. Someday these hands may change the destiny of mankind. Charlie Brown can be kind of a dreamer, right? And Lucy's always sure to bring him back down to earth. Lucy says this. She says, Charlie Brown, your hands, they have jelly on them. Charlie Brown, he's talking about his hands and, and maybe very similar to us, our hands and our feet, and looking at the potential of our hands and our feet of what God might choose to do in us and through us. That's one way to look at things. Certainly the other way, the, the negative viewpoint, the lucy viewpoint is, yeah, yeah your hands, yeah, they got, they got jelly on them. You're, you're not doing anything, Charlie Brown. So this morning we're looking at the potential, the potential of our hands and feet, the potential of you and I to be used for God's glory and honor when it comes to serving. 1 Peter 4.10 puts it like this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the remaining in our time together, let's look at a, a handful of ways. When we talk about serving as a part of our 2020 vision, what do we mean? First of all, I think this. When we talk about serving, I believe we need to walk In faithful ministry. That scripture again, 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The challenge, the encouragement is for you and I, each and every one of us, to get involved, to find some way or some place to serve. Well, well, who is to do that? The scripture here says, each of you. Each of you use your gift. Each of you serve others. There's not an exemption that says, well, except for you or except for you. The scripture says, each of you. Get involved somehow, some way. Use the gift that you have. And, well, that's the how. How do we serve? how you serve might look different from the one next to you or the one in front of you or the one behind you because it says, use whatever gift you have received. That means we've all been blessed or gifted in some way with interests or talents or abilities or opportunities. So simply get involved in using those things. Why? To be faithful stewards of God's grace. He's gifted, he's developed, he's entrusted gifts and abilities to each one. Let's be found faithful to use them for him. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like a couple of ushers, if you would, to make your way to the front. If you grabbed a bulletin this morning, on the inside of that is one of these serve sheets. You can go ahead and grab one of those. And if you didn't get a bulletin or if you need an extra one, we've got a few more copies of the sheet coming around. We've passed these out a couple different times over the last number of years. And uh, just love for you to, you can put your name on there and read over the list. There's a lot of different kinds, opportunities of ministries here at Alger Assembly of God. So as you get that sheet, You can go ahead and put your name on the bottom. And then just begin kind of looking over some of these different areas of ministry. And the goal would be, any and all of them that you might potentially be interested in, put an X. X marks the spot. The goal, hopefully, would be there would be a handful, maybe multiple different ones that you put an X in. I might be interested in this. Full disclosure, putting an X does not mean that you're going to be serving in there for the next 50 years, it means you might be interested. Also, one of the things and when people say, boy, if I express an interest, then, man, I'm in for a life. It's a life sentence. We don't want to approach it that way, but if, if you're interested in something, we want to give you an opportunity maybe to check something out. So put an X on those that you might be interested in. Now, as you take a look at this list, there's, there's quite a list, a couple different columns, long columns, Some of those are functioning regularly. There are things that happen every single week here at Alger Assembly of God, a number of those ministries that take place every single week. There are some of them that happen occasionally. Maybe it's a monthly basis, or maybe it's just a a handful of times over the course of the year. So, you know, when it comes to uh, worship or Sunday school or boys and girls ministries, I mean, those are some things that happen every single week. When it comes to things like maybe uh, decoration or building maintenance or landscaping, uh, they might be a handful of times over the course of the year. As you're looking through some of these things, some of them have not necessarily been started. This this does not mean we've got an active, fully staffed uh, opportunity of ministry in each and every one of these categories. There might be some that could be or might desire to be started based on interest. And then as well, others that maybe we're doing but can always grow in and improve in. So there's a variety of things. doesn't mean that every single one of them is is fully up and running. So I'd encourage you, put your name on it. Put an X by a handful of them. Maybe two, three, four, five. And then if you've got more than three, maybe circle the top three. Circle three that you think, I, I may be most interested in helping out with some of these things. And you can even number those if you like, a, you know, one, two, and three. Those that you're maybe more interested in than others. Now listen, many of you, you are currently involved. In fact, many of you might check off a whole bunch of things that you're already doing. And that's awesome. Don't hear this as a guilt trip as to why you need to do another Ten. You're doing a whole bunch of things already. That's great. We'd love for you to continue serving in ministry. Maybe you're not involved in ministry, or maybe you're not connected with some things on, on a regular basis. Maybe you, you get involved in some of the uh, maybe the events or activities throughout the year. But maybe, maybe you be able to serve on a little bit more of a regular basis. Here's a couple tendencies. Just in, right now, just around 25 years of full-time ministry, what, what you tend to see in individuals over different churches over many years, those who are active in ministry will tend to be the first ones to volunteer for more ministry. That, that's the, the way it is. So some of you, you know, you're checking off like five or six things that you're already doing and, and like God's working on you like, man, I, I got to check off another two or three. I got to help out the Lord and his kingdom. Many times, those who are active and involved are the first ones to volunteer for more. On the flip side, the observation is many times those not involved in ministry can often continue to kind of stay on the sidelines. So the challenge and the question and the action statement will be this. We have love for every single individual to serve by walking in some kind of faithful ministry. What might God choose to use you? God's blessed and God's equipped and given gifts and or talents and or abilities, sometimes even training or interests or past experience, and God's able to take some of those things, use you, for his honor and his glory, blessing others, serving others, here in Alger Assembly of God, as well as many other things around in the communities. There are a lot of different ways, certainly here in Alger Assembly of God, can be a big part of how we might serve one another. I would encourage you to serve. We'll collect those, or uh, we'll get those by the end of our service today. So feel free to take some time, kind of look over those, X off, those you are interested, circle your top several, and uh, you're even able to, to enumerate them, one, two, and three, with those that maybe you're most interested in. So certainly when it comes to serving, we can walk, we can take part, partner in faithful ministry. Secondly, let me challenge us with this. When it comes to serving, I believe we can cultivate a heart of giving. Now, here's an interesting scripture from Jesus. So if you're looking in your Bibles and you follow along with me, Matthew 23, 23, you'll notice it's going to be in red because it's what Jesus has spoken. Jesus is speaking to some of the religious leaders, and it's one of those woes, one of those challenges. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So let's take a a little bit of time and kind of dig into this particular verse Jesus, specifically talking about many of the leaders of the day, he said the good thing is they would faithfully give, they would faithfully tithe and return and give their 10%. He says they would give a tenth. Certainly, that is the recap, if you would, on tithing. God's word throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, that tithe is a tenth. We return back to the Lord. It's a part of the blessing God's given us All that we have are our health and our wealth, our resources, our energy, our strength, our ability. And we return back a tenth to him. And so Old Testament times, New Testament times, the tithe is a tenth. So these leaders were doing that. They were giving a tenth. Even as we've talked about, returning that first tenth. Now what was interesting, though, is that these leaders were super-duper tithers, They were even tithing on their spices. Mint, dill, and cumin. Now, ushers, can you imagine if we had spice tithers, milk tithers, egg and meat tithers? I mean, if we had, you know, the the offering plates go back and, you know, someone bought a dozen eggs so they'd put an egg or two in the offering plate maybe a cup of milk a little little bit of of spices a a little bit of their sugar a little bit of their flour i mean basically what jesus was saying these individuals these leaders they were serious about tithing in fact one of the other translations says they were faithful to tithe on every nickel and dime so whatever the the Mint or dill or cumin, everything that they had accumulated in, they would faithfully give and faithfully tithe. However, here's what Jesus said they were faithful to give, but they unfortunately overlooked other areas. And what Jesus is saying here is when it comes to faithfulness and finances, We ought to do both. Jesus is not saying it's one or the other. He's saying it's both. So when he's talking about these leaders, they were giving, but they were overlooking some of these other things, the faithfulness or mercy or justice. And so when it comes to you and I, we we might not necessarily have a spice tithe or a milk tithe or an egg tithe, but the challenge of these two categories, serving or faithfulness, finances and giving, Jesus is saying it's both. Because understand what his last sentence is. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So that's, that's the English way of, of talking about things, if the way you're talking about sentence structure, the latter means all the things that you said at the end, and the former is all the things you mentioned at the beginning. So Jesus said you should have practiced the latter, things like justice, mercy, faithfulness, serving, without neglecting the former, the giving of the tithes. So Jesus, he's not saying it's one or the other. Jesus is saying when it comes to faithfulness and serving, it's both. And here, again, over 20, 25 years of ministry in churches, many times individuals will choose one or the other. There are individuals who maybe are faithful to give, Whatever that looks like, weekly, every couple weeks, monthly, something like that. But don't ask me to serve anywhere because I ain't doing nothing. So maybe individuals might give, but say no to serving. On the flip side, there are individuals who will serve and they'll say, Yes, I'm giving, I'm giving of myself. And that's awesome. They'll serve in ministry, they'll be involved in this or this or this or this. And so I'm giving of myself to the Lord. But yet won't give in an offering or return the tithe or an offering to the Lord. Now, this isn't Pastor Mark speaking. This is Jesus saying, do the latter and the former. Justice, mercy, faithfulness, serving, being a blessing to others, getting involved in ministry. Yes, do those things, but don't neglect the former. Jesus is saying, when it comes to serving, it's both. It's not an either or. It's not a pick and choose. It's, well, I'll give, but I won't serve, or I'll serve, but I won't give, or I'll partially give and, and, and partially serve, but I won't fully or wholeheartedly do either. Jesus says it's both. Do the latter. Do the things I talked about at the end of my sentence. But don't forget about. Don't neglect. Keep going with the things at the beginning of the sentence. Just like I thought, it got really, really quiet. But Jesus talks about our service. Jesus talks about our giving. Faithfulness. Finance finance, and faithfulness. For our 2020 vision to continue to be a reality, for you and I to obey what Jesus talks about and speaks about in the Word of God, it it involves both. That we support and we give to His work together, as well as we support and we serve in his work together. Because how many you know that it takes both when it comes to overseeing and staffing and functioning in the ministries of a church, as well as seeking to reach people in the immediate community and all around the world? It takes both. It's the serving and it's the giving. So how do we serve and? In a second uh, area or category, it would be to cultivate a heart of giving. Allow God to maybe prompt our hearts about our giving, about our serving. Let's faithfully do both. So we walk in faithful ministry. We cultivate a heart of giving. Thirdly, develop a mindset of multiplication. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Great couple of verses of Scripture. He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So here's a question. It's an open ended question. It's for all of us, and the answers might not be the most readily uh, available. But who are we recruiting and training to do what we do? See, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's describing this process. He's saying, Timothy, you've heard me teach some things to you. They're trustworthy, they're God's words. You've heard me teach you. Now, here's the next steps, Timothy. He says, I want you to find some other trustworthy individuals. Trustworthy, gifted, you can count on them, and you're going to teach them, and they're going to teach others. In two verses of Scripture, we've got four levels of leadership. Paul teaching Timothy, Timothy to teach faithful individuals who then will teach others. Now, it's not just potentially about preaching and teaching as Paul is writing and speaking to him. But when it comes to aspects and areas of ministry, it's not necessarily something that is thought of a lot or put into practice a lot. Honestly, because many times in many churches, not just in Alger Assembly of God, it's enough of a challenge just barely squeaking by with people in the areas of ministry that are needed. I mean, that, that's the honest truth over many years of church work. I've never served in a church, never necessarily been in a church where they said, Stop signing up to help! We have too many workers! I think the pastor would kill over with a heart attack if that happened in a church. Most churches, it's, hey, we need help. We, we need helpers in this ministry. We need some people to jump in over here. They're, they're, it's usually about trying to, trying to find people to plug holes and just barely make it, much less have additional individuals that are teach, uh, being taught and trained, recruited, equipped to release into ministry. So, It doesn't often happen, yet it is a principle of Scripture. How how are we able to serve? Part of that serving is hopefully to try to multiply ourselves in others. Paul's saying, listen, I'm writing to you, Timothy, but he's not wanting that ministry just to stop with Timothy, to say, great, I've invested in him. Timothy, you find some other trustworthy individuals, trustworthy enough that they can then teach it to even more interesting and when when things like this happen in church and in ministry uh, oftentimes it's a little bit more accidental than intentional because again the the chances of having you know hundreds and hundreds of leaders and just having to turn everybody away is very minimal ministries, all different areas of ministries in the church are, are searching and scouring and, and just trying to find one more person to plug in or well, how can we make these ministries work when we've got these numbers of individuals and, and this amount of leaders. It's often challenging to think in advance to say, okay, here's who we currently have, but who else can we recruit? Who else can we train? Who else can we equip to come and walk alongside of us to do what we do, see what we see, and be able to release them into ministry? But how much more incredible and even more effective would it be to have someone who does what you do working with you if something happens to you and you are sick you're not able to be there now there's not this massive hole in a ministry there's someone who's already been working with you doing what you do that can be released how many times when something like that happens it's more accidental case in point i've told you about larry and judy thankful for larry and judy our sign workers extraordinaire. We got our new church sign in 2018. And uh, 2018, I did the, the first number of months of signs myself. Did all myself, put all up there. In November of 2018, in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to create a sign message that incorporates both Thanksgiving and Christmas so I can leave it up for both months. So that's what I did. I put it up at the beginning of November. Unfortunately, in December, as most of you know, my back went out. I was flat on my back for a couple of weeks. Went to the chiropractor multiple times. Coming back from the chiropractor, I mean, sitting, moving, I mean, everything was still kind of tender, Maybe not quite painful, but kind of tender. Now, good news about the sign is the little lid flips open and you can access it easily. Bad news about the sign is your pastor is just over six foot tall. So when I flip that open, I'm too tall to stand underneath it. So I either have to crouch down, hunch over, or try to try to squat, and reach up underneath. Every single one of those were ouchy on my back. So I didn't do anything. November and December, we kept that same message. We get into January of 2019, same message. February of 2019, same message. First Sunday of March 2019, our sign still says, be thankful and seek the Savior. And we're in March. Five months later, March, first Sunday of March, I I preached something somewhat similar, kind of a a challenge about serving, passed out some of these uh, similar type of sheets. Some of you filled some things out, but immediately after service, Larry and Judy said, we'd really love to help out with that sign. Can we do that for you? I said, yes, my back is thankful for that. They stopped by just a couple days later, and boom, in March for the first time in five months, that sign was changed. And Larry and Judy have been on top of it ever since. Pastor, when are we going to do a new sign? How long you want this one up? And we'd advertise events, or, or we'd tie into different holidays, or, or sermon series, whatever the case might be, and they would come and they would faithfully do it. Now, I, I didn't just drop it in their lap and say, here, figure it out. Train equip them a little bit. You know, here's the little key to open it up. Here's how you take them out, put them in. Here's the, uh, you know, the, the storage of all the, the little letters. Here's a couple tips on how to you know, put them in or take them out to, to get the sign. Give a couple tips, and then just let them go. Let them run with it. And time after time, they're faithful to do it. Now, I've been doing good. I've been doing better in my back, but you know what? it's still not the best for me to try to attempt to do it. Not when we've got sign masters already. Now, that's a little bit of the accidental. That that wasn't Pastor Mark with the 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2. Boy, what can we do about this sign and how can we multiply? That was purely, my back says, ouch, I need help. There's a lot of different areas of ministry in the church. What if, and this is a crazy what if, those of you involved in different areas and different aspects of ministry, what if over the course of the next year or two, what if you were to identify somebody who might be interested in or able to work with you in that particular class to be able to do what it is that you do? And over the course of this, this isn't like an immediate, you know, one week it's done, but maybe over the course of a year, it takes some time to to find somebody or, you know, recruit them to be a part of that ministry, sit in with you a little bit to kind of see what it is. Just because they sit in doesn't mean that they're in for life. Sit in and see, is, is this something that I think maybe my gifts or talents or abilities or experience could help me to be a part of? And then maybe little by little to to kind of release some of that ministry, whatever that looks like. Teaching, training, doing that, that area of ministry to the part where now we have multiplied leaders in that area or aspect. What if every area, every ministry of the church were to recruit, train, and equip one new leader? There would be more people to serve. You see, as it is many times, we're just barely getting by in some of the different areas and aspects of ministry. But what about when God blesses and brings more people into our church, into our ministries, as we continue to faithfully reach out, connect, help them to grow in Christ? Now there's more individuals and more areas of ministry needed. If we're struggling as it is right now to barely meet things, what happens as we need to grow and add ministries or need to grow and, and add more functions? So an area of ministry to consider is this. This mindset of multiplication. Can we find somebody else to recruit, train, and equip? Now, here's the thing. Don't immediately go looking for those people who are already wearing five or six or ten hats of ministry and say, I got them. I got dibs on them. There are many people who are already doing multiple areas of ministry. And I I could point out all kinds of people. I'll, I'll just pick on somebody near and dear to my heart. My wifey Kim. She's got a heart for ministry and a heart that serves. Every single Sunday, she teaches a young adult class. Now, it's Young adults, it's not necessarily just college. We've said 40-ish and below, but if you're in your 40s, it's not a big deal. It's just kind of an alternative, a secondary Sunday school class. She teaches that every single week. She also oversees and heads up all of our children's ministries to make sure that we're staffed, to have somebody hopefully available for either nursery or toddlers or kids' church. So she oversees that, but based on needing workers, she places herself in kids' church twice a month during service. She also oversees our computer ministry, gets the schedule for that, and will often serve on that once. And then, well, she helps out in girls' ministry on Sunday nights and teaches rainbows. So every Sunday, Sunday school every week, three out of four Sundays involved in ministry. I think this is the the one where she's not And she's still doing ministry because she's overseeing stuff that's going to take place after Sunday service. And every Sunday night, she teaches a class. So the goal is this. Don't everybody go see Kimmy because she's involved in everything and say, she's my multiplication person. She's going to be my person to do what I do. You go find somebody else. You go find somebody new. You go find somebody who maybe isn't as involved in some ministries and see... Maybe they would connect in your ministry. But this idea of multiplication, to identify some individuals, to to train and equip, and then release them into doing some of the ministry that you are currently doing. That's a part of our serving. And then finally this morning, when it comes to serving, here's a big part. Wear a Christ-like Attitude. Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 8, this is a a rather familiar portion of Scripture. Paul writes and says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then Paul writes in Ephesians 6-7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people. You see, how we serve is just as important as the fact of serving. Serving. How we serve is just as important as that we do, in fact, serve. The attitude of our heart and how we serve is so key. We definitely want, desire, and need people to get plugged into ministry and serving. But let's keep in mind how we do that. As Paul writes, have this attitude... The attitude of Jesus. And what are a handful of words that stuck out to me? Taking the form of a servant. He humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death. Death on the cross. When we serve, we have the attitude of humility. As we serve, we have that attitude of obedience. As we serve, we have the attitude truly of humility. A servant we're instructed to, to use those gifts and talents and abilities God's entrusted to us we're to use them for his honor and glory but but how we do so we do so with the heart of a servant you know there's a, a lot of different areas of ministry and service how many of you know not all of them are up front that everybody sees I have a a rather visible area of ministry. I, I hold this microphone every week and preach and teach and challenge. We have worship leaders that hold a microphone like this and lead in our worship services. It's visible and able to be heard. But you know, on the other side, it takes somebody to be able to run the knobs that oversees this little microphone. It takes somebody to be able to use the computer to put the various slides up on the screen. It takes individuals and helpers to oversee children and kids, not just child care, not just watching them to get them out of parents' hair so they can enjoy the service, but to teach and challenge and train and equip our our kids. That happens in other parts of the building. Many areas of ministry are not always seen. There's things that take place in our services, things that take place around our facilities, inside and outside, that many people don't always see. You see, it's that, that attitude of service. Even if if you might not be up front with a microphone in your hand, are you still willing to serve and get involved in ministry to bless others? That's what Paul's writing about. He says, have this attitude. You and I to have the attitude of Christ, who is a servant, who humbled himself, and he was obedient. Wow, if... Every single one of us can grasp and live out what Paul's writing. To truly be ready to serve whenever, wherever. But how we serve is in humility. How we serve would be in obedience to what Jesus himself is teaching. Wear a Christ-like attitude. Certainly there's a lot of different areas that that we can talk about when it comes to serving and service. A lot of different ministries, even on this serve sheet. Again, some of which are, are functioning well, some of which need some help, some of which happen every week, some of which are sporadically over the course of the year, some of which we're nowhere close to being able to offer or take part in ministry. But when it comes to serving, it's a, a big chunk, if you would, of our vision. We want to connect. So let's reach out to people who don't know the Lord. We're connecting with them. We're connecting with God and worshiping Him. We're connecting one with another in fellowship. We certainly want to connect, but we don't want to stay there. We want to grow. We want to grow in a lot of different ways, a, a lot of different spiritual disciplines those who are Christians to continue to grow because, let's face it, we know so much more today than we did a week ago or a year ago. We're continually learning. But it's not just those who have known Christ for many years. It's the new believers. It's those new disciples. We want them to grow and develop as well. So we connect, we grow But as we're growing and as we're reaching other people, we're getting plugged in and we're getting connected in various areas of ministry using our interests, our desires, our abilities, maybe our training or experience that we've had in the past. And we're using that for God to reach and to bless and to serve others. Next time that we're together, we're going to be finishing it out with the go portion but today it's serve i challenge us let's walk in faithful ministry by getting plugged in and connected somewhere let's cultivate a heart of giving both serving and giving faithfulness and finance let's develop a mindset of multiplication Try to identify some individuals who might be able to do some of the things that we do to recruit, train, equip, release ministry, and have more people able to serve for the glory of God. And then finally, how do we do it? We do it by wearing a Christ-like attitude.